0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Perplexity, a mystery podcast. As always, I am your host, Kadra, and I am very excited you guys are joining me today. I have, as usual, a crazy story for you guys. And uh, this is two for two in a row of stories that I've been dying to share with you guys. Today, we are going to be getting into sleepwalking just crazy, insane things that can happen to people and have allegedly happened while sleepwalking. Before we get into that, we are at the top of the show, so a couple of quick housekeeping things as always. If you have been enjoying the podcast and you have not yet, please take two seconds and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube or drop a five-star review on whatever podcast platform that you are listening on and follow the podcast, just hit the follow button it really does help the show, and it'll also help you be able to keep up with when a new episode has dropped. If you have requests for topics or you want to share a crazy story with me, you can email me at perplexitymysterypodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com, or you can DM me on Instagram. I have socials, uh, TikTok and Instagram, and those are both Perplexity Mystery Podcast. If you missed last week's episode, that was an insane story. That episode was called Come and Find Me, and wow, I don't want to give it away. All I'm going to say is, it is one of the creepiest, craziest stories I've ever heard. Go listen to it, go watch it, and um, yeah, buckle the hell up. Trigger warning for today's episode, we will be discussing some very heavy topics and disturbing content. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners below the age of 13. Okay, so... Since we are going to be talking about sleepwalking today, I thought first it would be good to just kind of go through scientifically what sleepwalking is, what it means. I don't wanna spend too much time here, but just some little facts. Sleepwalking is defined as carrying out complex activities while not being fully awake. There was a specialist from the London Sleep Center that defined sleepwalking as people who sleepwalk are capable of virtually anything that they could do while they're awake. Sleepwalking is known as somnambulism and it occurs during slow wave sleep and that's during the first third of the night during stages 3 and 4 of non-rem sleep. Sleepwalking is also pretty common in childhood. It's more common in children than adults. About 15 to 20% of kids sleepwalk. I personally as far as I know have never sleepwalked, but I know that my mom sleepwalked when she was a kid. Basically another way to look at it is one in 5 kids will sleepwalk during their childhood. And so within that one to five or that 20%, even fewer of them will persist on to sleepwalking in adulthood. Specifically, only about two percent of those kids will go on to continue sleepwalking in adulthood, so it's pretty rare. There is a genetic component to it. Kids whose parents sleepwalked are two to three times more likely to sleepwalk themselves, And some causes for sleepwalking can be stress, not getting enough sleep, anxiety, infection with high temperature, drinking too much alcohol, and certain types of medicines such as sedatives. Also being startled by sudden noise or touch while you're sleeping can cause you to sleepwalk, or waking up suddenly from deep sleep, and taking certain drugs. It's also known that obstructive sleep apnea and restless leg syndrome can trigger sleepwalking episodes. During sleepwalking, a person is typically active, but they're confused and disoriented, so they'll often move more slowly and clumsily. It's also very common for people who sleepwalk to injure themselves because of this. If you are a sleepwalker, there are safe and effective treatments available, including psychotherapy, hypnosis, and medication. If you have a sleep disorder in general, taking steps to prevent triggers, such as making sure that you get enough sleep and working on strategies to deal with and reduce stress will often help. Guys, as a cognitive therapist myself, I cannot stress this enough. Sleep is one of if not the most important thing when it comes to our like basic health getting good adequate rest is so important so if you have any kind of sleep disorder or you think you might have one go see a sleep specialist and get treatment it is so important for preventative health too you're at a much higher risk for having health complications later if you have a sleep disorder that's just my little tidbit so all of this information that i just shared i pretty much found at nhs.uk's website and there's tons of other information there as well about sleepwalking that is very helpful so if you need a good resource go check that out okay so now the fun starts uh since we have a better understanding of sleepwalking now let's get into some crazy stories So first, I thought it would be fun to share a personal story. Uh, Like I said, I have never sleepwalked myself, but one of my uncles used to sleepwalk a lot. Hopefully he doesn't mind that I share this story, but (laughs) my uncle took Ambien for his sleep. And as I was doing research for this episode, I found out that it is a lot more common to sleepwalk if you take Ambien. So PSA to anyone who takes Ambien. My uncle sleptwalked really bad one time when I stayed the night at their house after he had taken his Ambien. I had slept over there. I fell asleep on the couch in their living room. I startled awake to the couch moving. So I'm laying on the couch and I just feel it moving all of a sudden. I'm like, What the heck? So I opened my eyes and I just see like my uncle standing over me moving the couch. I was like, What are you doing? What are you doing? And he responded to me, but it didn't really make a lot of sense. He just said, like, I have to move the furniture. And I think that was like the extent of the conversation he was able to have. Like, I think I tried to ask him other questions and he didn't say anything else, but He rearranged the furniture in his sleep and My cousin ended up coming downstairs because she heard all the commotion and she had to I think shake him or talk for a pretty long time to wake him up So that was pretty crazy. There was another time he took his Ambien and he got into an electrical switch and tried to rewire some of the electricity just in his sleep and he had absolutely no memory of doing any of these things. So (laughs) as you can see, like this is funny because nothing happens to him, but sleepwalking can be pretty dangerous, right? So I just thought I would start with that story. The FDA has also noted an increase in sleep driving with sleep aids, such as Ambien. So guys, <laughs> if you take Ambien, hide your car keys or something. This is wild. In 2003, a woman in Denver took an Ambien and fell asleep, then later chugged a few glasses of wine. So she chugged the wine while she was asleep. She didn't know she was doing it. She then, while sleepwalking, got into her car, wearing only her nightshirt in the dead of January. She wrecked her car at an intersection urinated in the middle of the road and assaulted police officers when they tried to apprehend her so i figured i would open with those two stories before we get into the main crazy story of the episode so this is where we all need to buckle the hell in okay this story is one that i heard a couple years ago and it is so crazy this is the story of kenneth park The story takes place in Toronto, Canada in May of 1987. Kenneth was a 23-year-old man. He was married to a woman named Karen, and together they had a five-month-old daughter. Kenneth and Karen seemed to be very happy, they had a good marriage. Kenneth didn't really have much of a relationship with his family though, specifically his parents. But he was very close with his in-laws, Karen's mom and dad. His in laws were Barbara Ann and Dennis Woods. Barbara Ann and Dennis adored Kenneth. They referred to him as a gentle giant. And part of why Kenneth first developed a good relationship with Barbara Ann and Dennis was because when he first met Karen, Karen was actually a runaway. And Kenneth convinced Karen to come back home. And by all accounts, Kenneth was a very nice guy. Kenneth worked in electronics. But during this time in 1987, he was under an immense amount of stress. Kenneth was having financial problems. He had developed a serious gambling problem. Kenneth had started going to horse races with his friends and he immediately was hooked. And as a result of this and not winning at the horse races, he quickly fell into debt. Kenneth ended up having to take money out of he and Karen's savings account and he even started forging checks. Eventually it got so bad he started stealing from his employer. So I would assume the forged checks were from the electronics place that he worked at, but I'm not sure. So his employer eventually finds out what Kenneth is doing in March of 1987. And at this point, it's so bad that Kenneth had stolen $32,000. He was fired from his electronics job and he was charged with fraud. So then he had to await trial. Kenneth was so ashamed, so embarrassed. He became socially withdrawn. He stopped seeing his in-laws and hanging out with them. He stopped talking to them and he also continued to gamble. This is when Kenneth's personality also started to change. He also started to suffer from really bad pressure headaches and he gained 70 pounds. So clearly he's showing all of these signs of serious stress. And when we are suffering from serious stress, it's known to trigger sleep issues. So Kenneth started to have really bad insomnia. He was only sleeping an average of four to six hours a night which I know some people get by on five to six hours, but depending on the person, four to six hours, when some are used to getting eight to nine hours of sleep, can be really detrimental to one's health. He also slept on the couch often, and a lot of nights he wouldn't even sleep at all. On top of all this, remember Kenneth also has an infant daughter that he's trying to take care of, which is stressful in and of itself. So now it's May 1987, and Kenneth has talked to Karen, he has agreed he's going to stop gambling. He wants to get professional help, so he started going to Gamblers Anonymous, and he also agreed he would tell his in-laws about what happened. He plans to also tell them about the upcoming trial and his fraud charge, and he was going to do this that upcoming Sunday. So tension is clearly continuing to build for kenneth parks so flashing forward to that saturday evening it's the night before kenneth park is supposed to tell his in-laws about all of his legal trouble kenneth falls asleep on the couch while he's watching saturday night live snl then at about 4 a.m sunday morning it's may 24th 1987 again this is a couple hours after he fell asleep think about what i said earlier with sleepwalking it tends to happen a couple hours after falling asleep so some people believe this is when kenneth had a very bad sleepwalking episode so i'm going to read you the events that transpired and you can decide for yourself if you think he was actually sleepwalking or if he's lying so at four in the morning On May 24th, 1987, Kenneth puts on his shoes and jacket. He walks out the front door, leaving it unlocked, which was known to be very out of character for Kenneth. He then got in his car and drove 14 miles to Barbara Ann and Dennis's home. This was in the Toronto sub suburb of Scarborough, which again, to reference the NHS, they said in extreme cases of sleepwalking, a person can walk out of their house. They can carry out complex activities, including driving a car. So Kenneth Park arrived at his in-law's house. He parked the car. He removed a tire iron from the trunk of the car, and he had a key to Barbara Ann and Dennis's home. So he approaches their front door and unlocks it, goes inside, And eventually he makes his way to his in-laws bedroom and this is where he strangled Dennis until he became unconscious then he beat Barbara Ann with the tire iron and stabbed her repeatedly with a kitchen knife he then stabbed Dennis Barbara would later be found in another room several feet from the bedroom with six stab wounds to her chest A single stab wound to her shoulder blade and a final fatal stab wound through her heart Barbara did not survive Dennis however did survive now Karen had younger siblings that were still living in her parents home so during the time that this took place the children were at home luckily Kenneth left them unharmed it sounds like the kids heard concerning noises and knew that something was wrong because they had locked themselves in their rooms. The kids would later report no one tried to enter their rooms. Kenneth then walked out of the house and he drove himself straight to the police station. He arrived at the police station at 4:45 AM. So this all happens over the span of 45 minutes, including the drive to his in-laws house and to the police station. When Kenneth arrives at the police station, he is covered in blood. He was visibly distressed and he was shaking. He kept repeating, quote, I just killed someone with my bare hands. Oh my God, I've just killed two people. I stabbed them and beat them to death. It's all my fault end quote. Kenneth had also severed tendons in both of his hands from the stabbing, and he seemed to not notice the pain or be aware of his injuries at all. So again, think back to us talking about how it's more common for people who sleepwalk to injure themselves, they're much more clumsy. So if we're gonna go with the sleepwalking theory, your fine motor skills basically are not as strong, holding a knife and stabbing someone over and over again would be much more difficult and you would be more likely to injure yourself on the knife. Now, with that being said, there are plenty of stories of people injuring themselves with weapons while killing someone or harming someone. So that evening, Kenneth was arrested and charged with first degree murder for Barbara Ann and attempted murder of Dennis eventually the trial begins and during the trial his defense basically pleads temporary insanity due to sleepwalking during his time in prison kenneth park underwent immense neuropsychological testing and he also had sleep studies he was tested for months and psychologists ended up finding that he was in quote an acute state of emotional turmoil leading up to the attack. I yeah, I would say so. <laughs> an EEG test was also done and this revealed that he was sleeping abnormally. There was abnormal brain activity and periods of partial awakening indicative of parasomnia parasomnia is a sleep disorder involving undesirable physical events or experiences that disrupt your sleep such as abnormal movements and talking so this evidence seemed to be enough to convince professionals that kenneth park was indeed sleepwalking when he murdered his in-laws but the prosecutors called the defense simply ludicrous And argued that the acquittal, quote, would be an affront to the community's sense of justice and certainly to one's common sense, end quote. Karen also claimed she had never seen Kenneth sleepwalk before, so I think that's important to note. She did say that he was a very deep sleeper, though and would sometimes talk in his sleep, which would match up with the EEG results. And that could also indicate that this sleep disorder had been going on for a while. Kenneth's mother was also interviewed and said she only recalled one incident of him sleepwalking as a child. During this incident, he crawled out of a window and his brother had to grab his legs to keep him from falling his grandfather and a lot of family members also had sleep disorders and issues with sleepwalking so as crazy as this is it's possible right there's a family link we know that he slept in his childhood there were witnesses to it his mother his brother just crazy So at the trial, Kenneth said he couldn't remember any of the details of the attack. He did remember falling asleep while watching SNL on the couch the night before. And the next thing he remembers, he claimed that he opened his eyes and he saw his mother-in-law's frightened face and her mouth and eyes were wide open. He said after seeing his mother-in-law's face, he just sat there. He then heard the kids yelling and he thought the kids were in trouble. So he yelled, kids, kids, kids. But the kids, when they were interviewed, said all they heard were animal-like grunting noises, which it's common when people sleepwalk for them to have difficulty talking so he might have in his mind if he was sleepwalking thought he was talking to them, but in real life he wasn't. During Kenneth Park's time in prison he seemed to be genuinely distraught, mourning, remorseful, and devastated. Kenneth also picked up the phone in the home when the murders happened, but he never dialed it. He also left the phone off the hook. So Again, thinking about when he left his house and left the door unlocked, this would indicate being less alert. He's having difficulty sequencing through tasks. But (laughs) with that being said, there were also plenty of times that he was able to sequence through a task. Like finding keys and opening a door and entering the home, finding the bedroom. Uh, Driving a car obviously requires sequencing. Opening his trunk and pulling out a tire iron. So... (laughs) I don't know, this case is just, it's very perplexing to me. So when the trial ended, the Ontario Supreme Court jury deliberated for nine hours before finding Kenneth Parks not guilty. The judge upheld the ruling, saying the state failed to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Parks was aware of his actions. I feel like this would not fly in the United States. And i feel like this also begs the question if he was truly asleep are you not culpable at all in your sleep he just gets to leave he's done karen and kenneth park's marriage understandably did not survive which of course because of what he did to barbara ann and dennis but also how would karen sleep at night if they would have stayed together how would she have been able to feel safe you know how would she not fear him harming her while he was sleeping now many people of course have doubts about the legitimacy of Kenneth Park's story but I do find it interesting that he seemingly had no motive now some people may say he did kill his in-laws to avoid having to tell them the truth but to me it just doesn't seem like a logical reason to kill someone and to do it so randomly. He had a really good relationship with them up until this point. If he was killing them because of his gambling addiction, if he would have stolen money from them, I could see that as more of an obvious indication that he did this consciously and intentionally. You know what I mean? And he didn't harm the children either. He also immediately drove himself to the police station afterwards. He had those severed tendons in both of his hands. And then, of course, the EEG findings and the psychological testing findings. So I don't know if I necessarily believe him, but I could see why someone would. I'm not discounting the possibility. So interestingly enough, flashing forward in 2006, Kenneth actually ran for a spot on a local district school board. Which mentioned he had six kids ages 4 to 19. so Kenneth must have moved on and I didn't want to say it at the beginning of the story because it would give it away but there's a movie called The Sleepwalker Killing that came out in 1997 about this case. it was directed by John Cosgrove And there have been 68 known cases involving homicidal sleepwalking throughout history. We obviously didn't have time to get into those today, but yeah, um, this is not the only story like this. So you can check those out on the World Wide Web. That is the perplexing story of Kenneth Park, also known as the Sleepwalking Murderer. So, what do you guys think? Do you think Kenneth Park could have actually been sleepwalking? Do you think this story is a bullshit lie to get out of murder? Let me know. Do you have a crazy sleepwalking story? Send it my way. Send me a DM on Instagram, Perplexity Mystery Podcast, or you can email me, Perplexity Mystery Podcast at gmail. Don't forget, if you've been enjoying the podcast and you liked this episode, please be sure to follow the podcast and leave a five-star review if you are listening on a podcast platform, or if you are watching on YouTube, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. It would mean the absolute world to me. And guys, don't forget, I always post photos that go along with each episode to the Instagram page, so be sure to check those out. And thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this story and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.